Today on The Breakdown, it's a Live at the Bike Superstar Spectacular as two favorites from this show, Gerald Adelstein and Dan Zak, go head-to-head in a huge pot with some weird and interesting decisions. We're going to take it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Over the past year or so, there's been three guys who are live with the bike regulars who have become kind of stalwarts of this podcast. It's now. weird how that's happened. Yeah, these two guys, Dan Zach and uh, and Garrett Adelstein. Dan Zach more recently. Yeah, and uh, then of course Art Artie Paps, Artie Papazian. I, I want to call him Artie Paps. Okay, so sure, it's fine. Yeah, uh, I think these two guys are the more interesting out of those three uh, versus Art. Not that Art's a sure. bad player or anything, but sure. these guys are just both kind of psycho. Which makes it fun. Yes. Like, I, we haven't seen Art do too many psycho bluffs, although I know there's one hand that we haven't done where Art makes a sort of psychotic bluff against Garrett Adelstein for like 100, in a 100K pot and oh. successfully pulls it off. But in general, like, we're going to see these two, uh, these two guys we're doing today. They're going to be wider and have crazier plays in them for right. sure. Now, I don't have a huge sample size to back up what I'm about to say, but... Go for it. What I think is that Adelstein is just bluffing willy-nilly all the time, regardless of situation, almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, the situation matters a little bit, but he's not doing a lot of range-based stuff or maybe even combinatorial stuff. I feel like Dan is. Like, when, when Dan does his psycho moves, he's, like, really taking into account the situation and what he's supposed to do and what cards he's supposed to have in his hand to do it. I'm not sure if that's actually true or not, but that is the impression I get as well. Like, yeah. it feels like Garrett Adelstein's basic thing is like, I'm just going to run over everyone, and what are they going to do about it? Do you really yeah. want to play for this much money right now? Okay. You know, and that's it. Yeah. And uh, Dan Zach, I, I see, it seems to be thinking more about blockers and combos and all that kind of stuff, which I think over time is probably going to work out better. But maybe that isn't true. Like, yeah. sometimes, you know, just pure naked aggression can work as you have, you know, you're willing to pull the trigger. Although we, we have seen other gears from Dan as well, which makes me think he's maybe a more complete player because mm-hmm. the first hand we did was not him being a psycho. It was right. him quickly checking back on the river with an overpair, which after much analysis we found out was really quite correct. And he happened to be correct in the moment as well. No, I mean, it's hard to play an overpair like a psycho necessarily. Well, like, you know. Yes, I, I know. But I'm saying the above the rim thing he did in that Okay. And that hand was check. Correct. It was not a psychotic play. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. And I don't think we've... We saw... I mean, we saw Garrett Adelstein one time make a big call, which was incorrect, which we didn't like, against uh, Ryan Fee. Yeah. Like a 100K pot or something like that. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yes. Um, there has to have been history and, di- and dynamic there that, you know, we couldn't... We weren't aware of, right? Otherwise, that's just a bad call down. It must be a bit weird to be Garrett Adelstein. Yeah. Like, you just wake up and you're like... I could win or lose 250k today, pretty much every day that I'm playing poker. Hey, you know, I am willing to put the money in the pot. Yeah, and I'm usually buying in for more than everybody else. It seems yeah. like. So. I imagine he walks around though, feels like I'm the guy. You know, I'm yeah. the guy who's willing to do this. Apparently, NFL players are sort of like this, where they believe they're sort of part of a brotherhood, where um, at any moment, like they could just be paralyzed for life, and they're very aware of it, and so they like see each other as like these special humans, huh. and like treat each other a little differently, and see them like it's just a different way they walk around as a result. That. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Honestly, like they're making decisions I would never make. And right. if I had made those decisions, I would have to do something to cope with the fact that I was putting myself in that position. It's sort of like being, this isn't a perfect example, but like a fireman or something like that too. If you're like in a place where there's a lot of deadly fires all the sure. time, just like find yourself running into the, the burning building when everyone else is running out kind of a thing. You're like one of those guys. Yeah. Sort of. Right. 
Yeah, you have to like respect every moment of your life a little bit more because your life expectancy is shorter and it and the way it ends is sudden sometimes. I don't know if everyone actually in practice does respect every moment of their life more, but I think you walk around feeling different about yourself as a result because you like you see everyone else you're like these are not people who would do make the decisions I make. You yeah. Know? And so you like I don't even know if you necessarily elevate yourself, but you see yourself as different as you should, right? Well, this took a, a bit of a turn. Yeah. But that's an interesting way to think about, and this is all speculation, of course. Of but, course. But a player like Garrett Edelstein may have a similar thought process. He radiates it, whether it's true or yeah, not. Yeah, he does. Now, maybe that's part of the image that he's carefully cultivating. Yeah. It's possible, but he does radiate it for sure. Right. Like, every, is, every look, every the way, the way he holds himself, all that stuff. It's supposed to Dan Zach, who radiates more like brainy. Brainy like poker stuff. pro guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and none of this is an indictment on Garrett. Not at saying all. that he doesn't deserve to feel that way because he certainly does because he's willing to lose a quarter million dollars any given day, it seems. And he he's, puts, he's puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah. Know? Like a lot of people talk, talk the talk and don't walk the walk. He yeah. certainly is not one of those people. Yeah. He knows that. We know that too. I, yeah. If I were ever to play against Garrett Adelstein, I would have to make sure my bankroll was commensurate with the game I was playing. That is for sure. Because, you need to bring like four or five buy-ins. Right. Because I would be overfolding against that guy for sure if I was playing 25-50 against him. See, I, would, I feel like I'd be overcalling and be like, got me again. <laughs> <laughs> Reach in the pocket for more money, you know, like, but either way, it would be, we'd probably both be making mistakes those ways. Although against him, maybe not. You know, yeah. that's, of course, that's the thing. Right. I would just be like, I call. All right. Whatever. Well, if it was like this game, which is 100, 200 with a 400 straddle, you might be overfolding. I probably wouldn't be playing the game. Yeah, that's, that's what I I'm saying. I try not to play games where I'd be overfolding. That's what I'm saying. That's but why yeah. I'm saying my bankroll would have to be commensurate. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, this was suggested by Let Me Win One, which might be, in fact, Garrett Edelstein. That kind of sounds like something he might title himself. <laughs> just let me win it. Just let me win. I'm going to bet so much. You have to let me win. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a pretty neat hand. Yeah, and let's do it. I like watching these guys play. Me too. All right. So. It folds around to Danzac in the small blind, which is 50 bucks. There's a two. Uh, oh, there's, that's the first blind. Then there's two blinds and then there's a straddle. Okay. So there's. Yeah, because he 50, 100, 200 and 400. Yeah. Right? Maybe there's two straddles. Maybe it's unknown. Hey, by the way, this was definitely recommended by other people, too. This was just, I think we just looked at the most recent one. Oh, when we pulled okay. it out. So when we do the video. We'll make sure to uh, get everybody else. Oh, all right. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, so Dan in the small blind with 30,500 in front of him, which is all of a sudden in this game not that big of a stack with the 400 straddle on. Right. Um, he has king, queen off, king of clubs, queen diamonds. He raises to 1,300. Seems normal. Sure. Folds to Garrett in the straddle. He has 62K in front of him, and he has queen of clubs, nine of hearts. This is close. I think you can fold it if you want to, but you can also just call. I feel like it's a pretty standard call. Yeah, it's pretty standard, but... Dan raising from the small blind, that's like one of his stronger ranges, I think. Um, I suppose that's true, but he might be raising a lot of like, you know, weird aces and stuff like that, too. And I mean, anything he's playing, he's raising. And there's only three players. or I guess there's still four players left. He's out of position. So actually, that's that's your point, right? He's yeah. like a little stronger as a result. That's probably true. But we're in position. We're still sort of deep. I think it's crazy to fold queen nine here. Like, that's just too good. A hand. Yeah, it just kind of sucks, though. I just mean, you know, sucks. we're going to play poker. All right, we let's play, play poker, poker in position. It's fine. We're Garrett Edelstein. We feel comfortable. This is the thing. Like, we're the guy who's, like, happy to put the chips in, right? Like, we're probably going to over-defend, if anything, as Garrett Edelstein. Oh, yeah. I think he he would probably call with hands that he shouldn't call with, even. Right. Although, I agree, like, from a Game 3 perspective, this should be in the range. It just feels poopy. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think Queen 8 is a call also here. Queen 7? Queen 7 is where I could start to talk myself into folding, I think. Yeah. And any, any suited queen, I'd probably call. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, so the pot is $2,900 already. Okay. Heading to the flop of King of Hearts, Four of Spades, Nine of Diamonds. 
So bad flop for Garrett. Top pair for Dan. Middle pair for Garrett. Yep. The flop is not where it gets interesting. I'm not going to lie. Garrett only has two outs. It's not great. It is bad. I mean, he's got runner, runner. The deck is a flawed deck. So maybe you didn't think about that when you said that. That's true. He has like Dan gets a, a call that his high school girlfriend wants to get back together and only if he gets to the airport in the next hour type what of if, thing. What if Dan had already put a bet out too and Garrett just like lets him leave and then he's like, I'm all in. Yeah. And they're like, they I mean, get, that's what you, that's like clock. Obviously know? that is game theory optimal. Yeah. That's how you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan's waiting for that call, but it's not coming. Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> she's happily married. Dan, Dan get she's over got it. Kids yeah. And- She's not leaving the kids. Yeah. Even if she's sometimes unhappy. Even if she Facebook, you know, chats you once in a while or whatever, messengers you. Oh, you know what the worst time was for Dan? It was when they were Facebook messaging and he had sent her something that was, you know, like it could be the end of the conversation. It might not. And she had started typing. You could see the little dot, dot, dot. dot, dot, But she actually like accidentally hit a period. And so he was just like kind of staring at his phone for like 25 minutes. Uh, Like, what? Is she... Can... Oh, man. <laughs> that dot, dot, dot is really a curse more than a, <laughs> more than a boon, I think. Uh, yeah. Of course, none of this is true, probably. I don't know. Whoa. I might have accidentally stumbled upon the truth. Dan, Zach, we still want you to come on the show at some point, and we're sorry to, to reveal this. <laughs> anyway. That is all. Um, King 4-9, rainbow board. Dan with top pair, second kicker. Bets 1,000. We've seen this from him before. Yes. 1K into 2,900. Before, in that three-bet pot against Aaron... He bet 1K into 3,900 with top pair. I imagine he's not only doing this small sizing with top pair. He's just giving himself a good price to bluff as a balanced way to play. I, I think, think. He's, I mean, he's picking boards that are dry and are um, like the one big Broadway card hits. So one ace on one, a king on the other. They're really good for his range, both of them. He's betting small. He's often not going to get called anyway. So he can see bet a lot more when he bets the small too, right? I'm sorry. See bet bluff a lot more yeah. when he when he and does this, so it makes sense. Now, we've seen him do it twice, so it just might be kind of a thing he does, but Garrett is probably a good guy to do this against with top pair. Mm-hmm. Like, if Garrett has 4-5 here, he might just make it 4,500. Sure. Which is awesome. Although, Garrett's probably played with Dan Zach enough to know this is a standard sizing. Probably. But still, you give yourself a pretty good price. It's, like, cheaper than if Dan Zach makes it, like, 4,000, right? Then you have to make it so much more. Not that you make it 4,000, I'm sorry. But you know what I mean? Instead of if you made it 1,800 even, it just yeah. so, it costs so much more to make a bluff here yeah. or float or anything. It's really encouraging a lot of floats. And if Gar- even if Garrett is aware that this is Dan's standard sizing, it's possible that he just can't help himself anyway sure. when he sees this. He I see- agree. It's like putting chum in the water, you know, yeah. when you bet small against Garrett Adelstein. Now, it turns out Garrett has second pair, so this is a yeah. pretty straightforward spot for him. Yeah, it's just a call, and that's really all you can do. Yeah. So boring flop. Sorry, guys. Sorry to do that. But at least you get to learn a little story about Dan Zach. You know what? And learning that story and learning sort of the behind the scenes things, like in the Olympics, you know, like some people watch the Olympics for the sport, but other people watch it for the stories. Yeah. The, tear, the tear jerkers. I want to know more about him. Oh, his son. Oh, no, his son. Now he has to win. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, um, something I was thinking about in terms of people's sons is nitrogen sports poker. And how does that relate to people's sons? People have sons. People play poker. People play on nitrogen sports poker. Bam. Oh. It's a pretty straight line. I mean. From one to the other. Maybe someday I will mature to your level where where I can understand these correlations. Shortest distance between two points, my man. Well, thank you for that lesson. Yeah. Are are you a professor of awesomeness somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say. I'm more of a. 
deputy. Oh, a deputy. deputy so you, you're you're municipally employed, or <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I'm like you know, I'm a helpful guy. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, you're being very helpful with the ad so far. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you went in a different direction. With yeah. It. No, I'm not want? being helpful either. But I'm okay. going to start. I'm going to start nitrogen sports poker room is a place where if you use the link in the description of this podcast, when you sign up, please. Yeah. Not only does it help us, it shows nitrogen that you support us and that you love us deeply, but not only that, uh, you also get access to our exclusive poker guys, listeners and viewers only tournament, which is freaking sweet. It's every month at the end of the month, although maybe not going to be at the end of the world series, uh, meaning like at the end of June, it probably won't be because we're going to be playing. I, oh. I doubt we're going to have that one. Yeah. Maybe but, not. Um, but besides that month, we're, we're doing it every month and it's super sweet. It's 0.1 millibit buy-in, which these days is like 90 cents or so. Freaking 100 millibit guarantee. You always say freaking when you <laughs> don't know what to say because you forgot your train of thought. I know where I'm going. I'm just excited. Yeah. Freaking. <laughs> hold on. What now? Um, there's a, it's a thousand times the buy-in and we get, well, the most we ever had is like like 73 players or something. 73 is the right. Yeah. So, I mean, come on, man. This is outrageous. Freaking crazy. I can't even believe. I can't even. I don't believe. I don't want to, but I can't. Even anyway, use the link. Do that. It's a it's a Bitcoin on the poker site, which means you get super fast withdrawals and uh, deposits. Also, Grant, I feel like you're going to forget this, and this is key. It's not just a poker room. It's a what sports book and a casino. Is there a bar? Can you get, can you drink there? There probably is, but I haven't found it yet. Oh, okay. It's like you know an Easter egg. Oh, cool. Also, if you play with us on our on our monthly tournaments, you'll get to see the ridiculous avatars that they've given us. Yep. I look ridiculous. Grant looks worse. Yep. Well, that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really worth it. Just it's worth the 90 cents just to see them, honestly. Yeah. And also you should put the 90 cents in because it's worth so much more than 90 cents, no matter how bad you are, just because of the guarantee. Yeah. yeah. Also, you have a story for the rest of your life. Definitely. I played with the poker guys. I'm nitrogen sports poker. Are they crying <laughs> while they speak this way? I mean, when they're telling their, as they die, they're telling their great grandchildren ah, about it. Yeah. You know the poker guys, right? You, you know, know how of they course we do. Great grandpa. Became president and vice president. Of course, Grant was president. Co presidents. <laughs> <laughs> the first co presidents. It was amazing. All right. Anyway. Saved the country. <laughs> Let's move on <laughs> to the turn. So, okay. King four nine, rainbow flop. 4,900 in the pot. King, queen for Dan, and Garrett has queen nine for middle pair versus top pair. Garrett in a lot of trouble right now. Turn is the jack of spades. Okay. That means both of their queens now give them gut shots. Dan checks now. It's an interesting check. Part of it is probably his opponent. He knows Garrett yeah. is a guy who's going to fire a lot. I like that. Of course, Dan's never folding this hand. No. No. If he bets again, he's going to probably fold out a lot of, of hands that Garrett called the flop with. Well, the things he can get called by specifically would be hands that had gutters on the flop, right? Like Jack-10, Queen-Jack. That yeah. makes sense. Um, and the other hand that had a gutter on the flop is now the nuts. Yes, that is a problem. Also, there are some two-pair hands that came in. Now, and Garrett did call a raise, so he, you know, he's going to have some range here as opposed to just 100%. He's not anything close to that. The Jack-9s of the world, which yeah. he would have defended with. The King-Jacks of the world, which he would have defended with. Queen-10, all those are there and did improve. Yes. So this is, it'd be fine to bet. And probably you're supposed to bet this a fair amount of the time here, but it's really fine to check, too. Do you think this card is better for Garrett's range than Dan's range? That's a good question. I think it's probably a little bit better. Just a little bit? 
Yeah, what do you think? I think it might be neutral. I mean, Dan doesn't have Jack Nine, right? Maybe suited. Maybe, maybe not from the small blind when there's three guys still to go. Are you sure that Garrett should call Queen Nine off in the big blind then? Losing the straddle, but um, yeah, yeah, I think he still should. It's okay. Okay, just saying. <laughs> he absolutely. You should. don't think Dan has Jack Nine suited though? Um, I don't. Okay, I think he can have it on the button. I don't think he's going to have it in the small blind. Remember, you were saying yeah. you think this is a tighter part of his range here. I, yeah. I, I'd be surprised if he had Jack Nine suited. All right. Some guys are going to have that. I think Garrett probably is likely to have it from the small blind. Oh, yeah, I don't for know sure. Dan, I don't know if Dan can have it. I've barely watched Dan play, but my guess is he wouldn't. Okay. Because I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess Garrett has a slight range advantage. I mean, King Jack is more likely for Dan than for Garrett, but yeah. they both can have it. Jack Jack is, o- is only Dan. Yeah. King King is only Dan. 9-9 nine, nine is mostly only Dan. Mostly only Dan. So stuff like that. Yeah. So that's pretty good for Dan. Yeah. But we're just talking about how does the jack improve? Queen 10 could be either one of them. Yeah. Although Garrett probably has a few more. Qu- I don't know if Dan's raising all his Queen 10s. You might not raise Queen 10 off. Right. So then and Garrett's obviously calling all Queen 10s. Yeah. So it's, if it's neutral and maybe slightly lean toward Garrett. Yeah. Something like that. It's close. Yeah. It's not a range, range thing. Both where... these guys can have ace jack and play it like this. Yeah, I suppose. I would expect Garrett to call at least once with Ace Jack. I would expect Garrett to three bet Ace Jack a lot. Pre-flop. He might be doing that. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean we've seen him four bet Ace Jack in other cash games. Yeah, you know, seen him. That's the thing. That's the like. I walk around and I'm just. You are all one type of species, and I am another. I'm yeah. apex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. I don't think the range. There's a significant range advantage for okay. the player here, so that's not really a factor. Uh, so Dan does check though, probably because it's Garrett. And now is when things get strange. Cool. Garrett has a hand that you could decide to bet, but it seems like strange to bet at all, really, with queen nine here. It does seem strange. You could decide, especially when we have the queen ourselves. So there's not too much to be afraid of. An ace is a bad card. I guess a queen could be a bad card, but it's not too bad. That's it. There's, there's no not other a, cards that are real problems. There's problem. not a ton to protect against. Right. I mean, maybe if Dan has something like pocket sixes, you know, you have, that could just randomly hit and, and hurt sure. us. Sure. It's not like we're going to pay off huge. We have third pair. Right. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It feels like a check back. I think it's usually a check back. I'm surprised we would bet this most of the time. Well, he not only does Garrett bet it, he bets it big. He bets 5K into 4,900. This is very strange. This is very odd with this specific hand. Right. Like, what? I don't know if Dan's even going to fold any jack. Like, the. The worst jack he has for this situation is probably ace jack. And I don't know if he's going to fold that against Garrett specifically. It just sets up a weird spot, too, where, like, what if we're Garrett, what are we putting Dan on when he checks? Like, I don't know. Are we protecting against ace queen? That seems like there's not enough to protect against. Are we protecting against ace 10? I'm going to have to bet 5,000 to do that. I know. Ace four suited or something? No, let's come back to my question for a second because I'm going somewhere with this. What are we putting Dan on when he checks? So he bets and he checks for all his non-give-up stuff. Because if he gives up, it doesn't matter. All right. Um, I think he does have some kings in his range pretty squarely. Sure. By the way, give-up means... I'm sorry. You could check fold, but I mean, you're not just like, I've got like five high and I just have nothing and like yeah. enough. Like, it's dry board. Forget it. Right. Like, I don't... I like, something past that. Like Yeah, yeah. Something that, that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe I, he was betting for value or he could have had the best hand on the flop. Kind I think of he has a significant portion of his one pair of kings in his checking okay. range here. So he can have that. I think he has pretty much all of his jacks. Yes. Um, pocket tens, pocket queens. Yeah. 
just trying. My question was, and I, maybe if this is true, maybe maybe my my supposition is incorrect. My I was wondering if Garrett's making a mistake because he wouldn't bet five thousand with Queen Ten here. I'm wondering if you would even bet this much with Queen Ten. Ah, I see. Because it's like Dan doesn't look super strong. He bet one thousand the flop. He's checking the turn. Like okay, he can have some strong hands, but he's folding a lot here, right? Yeah. So if we have a big hand, we made two pair of Queen Ten. Would we really go pot size? Garrett might. Garrett might, and maybe if Dan, if Dan is actually checking a lot of a lot of jacks and kings here, make, checking a jack makes sense for sure. Although you could bet a jack too, quite frankly. You, um, you could, but checking it's a bit more standard. Um, yeah, okay. Um, but certainly betting a king is pretty standard here, right? It's pretty normal to bet a king. Yep, I think it's a player based thing where yeah. where Dan is checking. I'm just saying. So like if so if we believe Dan's checking like all like all his top pairs and stuff like that, then fair enough. Then we can bet five k. But if we think he isn't, if we think he's betting a bunch of his top pair in good hands, five k the five k doesn't make sense as a as a strong hand very often, right? It's just weird. Yeah, it reminds me of a hand I played, Grant. I played a hand at uh, I think it was the Chinook main event. I'm gonna say, okay. where I raised with king queen, just like Dan Zach. I got called by a guy who was like keen on outplaying me, for sure. He had already made some really super weird call, like with queen high against me. And uh, the board was eight high, and I see bet, and he called. And I see bet small, and he called. It was a dry eight high board. Turn was a king, and I decided it was really hard to get value by betting, so I checked to him. Also, I was aware he wanted to outplay me. And he bet, like, a little more than the pot. And I remember just sitting there thinking, like, how do you ever have value here? Like, I look like I'm afraid of the king. Why would you bet more than pot if you had something? It just doesn't make any sense. So I called. Obviously, I was going to call. The river was a brick, and I checked, and he bet, like, more than the pot again, and it was like for a lot of my stack now. And I, I had to think a while because I was like, what's happening? But eventually I called, and he had like a gut shot that missed and nothing else. And it was just like, I don't know. Like, you're just not repping very much when you bet so big when it looks like I have a, a weak range, you know? Yeah, I'm going to give Garrett Adelstein a lot more credit than a <laughs> random guy that you played with in a $500 tournament. <laughs> okay, fine. That's I think fair. we have to assume a little bit it more was nuance. Seven hundred and fifty dollars turn. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We're yeah, gonna have to go assume on. a little bit more nuance to Garrett's game. That's fair. Yeah. I think there's there must be some elements of balance in there. Like yeah. He's he's gonna have value sometimes. Maybe he's also like Tom Dwan in some ways, where it's like I always bet big because usually they fold, and when I have it, I get paid sometimes, and it's better. This is just better. Big sizing is better. Yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. So. I don't think we can read too much into the sizing necessarily okay. as being overly bluffy. It's just a strange thing to do with this specific hand. Yes, very strange. This like, feels like let's just check and realize our equity here. It sounds we good. can check. We could bet small to get to the river. Or sorry, to get to showdown cheap if we wanted. We are not doing that right now. Right. It's weird. I don't think Dan's folding any hand that is better, except for maybe Ace Nine. Um, I think that's fair. It's possible he's even calling ace nine, but you're, you could be right. The jack coming, actually, he might fold yeah. other nines. Um, I think he's calling. Here's, I think he's calling tens. Here's. The, oh, I think you're right. Um, he's probably calling tens. He also blocks queen ten, which is yeah, nice. and he has a gut shot. Yeah. If you're Garrett, though, if you bet this, we have to have a plan for the river too, right? Which not that we always have to follow through on it, but like if we're trying to get him to fold two tens or a jack or something like that, we're probably going to have to fire twice because it well, feels like we're bluffing here, right? Our plan for the river is there is no river. He folds. That's the plan for the river. Right, but when he doesn't fold, are we just going to give up? No, no, no. The plan is Because when we get called, no we're river. losing, right? We're yes. like always losing when we get called. Um, let me make sure about that. Jack of spades. Well, no, not necessarily. It's second spade. But he can't just call with a naked flush draw. 
If he has ace ten of spades, he could decide he's to gonna play. continue. Yeah, he's, he's not gonna going check. to. Almost always are gonna check raise. He's not gonna check call. Yeah. Maybe ace ten. Maybe the nut flush draw exactly he can call because he's got ace high. He can have nine ten of spades and we can be ahead. Okay. He's probably just gonna bet that though. But he might check call it because he has showdown value and he's like, yeah. it's Garrett. I want him to bluff. That's true. That's true. Okay. So there's we came up with like a few hands. There's very, yeah. very few hands, but there are at least a few. All right. It's weird. This is just weird stuff. Anyway, Garrett makes this 5K bet clearly as a bluff. This is interesting, right? So Garrett's living in a world where guys like you and me are like, oh, that's a clear check back. And he's like, a lot of the times I'm just betting pot on this. So good luck figuring that out. Yeah. Good luck dealing with this, buddy. You know, and it's like, that is a much tougher problem to solve in some ways, right? Like, yeah, we're playing pot control. We're, we're playing, you know, big hand, big pot, small hand, small pot. Not always, of course, but like as a general rule, right? And Garrett's like, any hand, big pot. Yeah. No, and, the, and there is some, there's certainly some value, not only in the hand itself, but also as a metagame that he has bluffs that don't make sense. Right. Like we are always trying to figure out what bluffs make sense, what value makes sense. And we're coming up with these things that are based in, in our version of poker logic, which includes like a lot of hands that would play this way from a traditional showdownable standpoint and from like what we expect right. to get called and stuff like that. But you're playing against a guy who is betting massive sizing all the time. Sometimes he's going to show up in a, on a board where it's like, how can he ever have a bluff? But he just does because he's like, I, I turned a, a weird hand into a bluff because I felt right. like it. Like the story that he's telling is always questionable. Yeah. Almost no matter what, which is weird, but just the deal with him. Yeah. So if we know that, though, then it's Dan Zach. He becomes very easy to play against, you just, doesn't he? You just call when you have, you have King Queen here. Like you just call. Right. You basically are saying like, okay, what line would I take with some weak hands? I've got one of my better hands, and I'll just check call. You know, I'll just take that same line, but have a better hand. Yeah. And, like, make it really hard for him to, to beat me. Make it yeah. Good luck bluffing me. Yeah. That would be the way to do it, right? Interestingly enough, I think similar to the way players like us apply our logic to players like Garrett sometimes and are like, what bluffs could he have? It seems like Garrett may apply his logic to other players as well. I'm thinking back to his call against Ryan Fee. It's as if he's applying the Garrett right. Edelstein logic to Ryan Fee's line. Which, I mean, this is what happens, right? Yeah. Like, it's hard not to see the world through your own eyes. So yeah. like, we're sitting there, like you're saying, well, what bluffs can he have? He can't have any blah, 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 because we wouldn't have any. Right. There, you know what I mean? And it's the same. I was thinking the same thing before you said that, actually. Like, he's clearly thinking Ryan Fee thinks the way he does. Yeah. Which is not necessarily true. Right. And probably most people don't think the way he does. No, more people think the way we do, I think. He should know that. He should know that. Yeah. It's interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. Man, he's an interesting player. Yes. Anyway, Dan calls. I think that's the right play. You got to let Garrett keep bluffing if he's bluffing. Right. It feels like he's probably... Yeah. I mean, that seems weird. And it seems like Garrett's over bluffing. If you raise, he's going to fold almost everything. Probably everything you're beating, he's going to fold. And certainly almost nothing. Maybe you could fold out a few better hands, but now that's crazy. Like, really? We're trying to get Jack-9 to fold? Maybe if Dan was deeper, he could raise in this specific spot against this guy. Because as we know, Dan's a guy who's willing to go for it. Yes. So he might think like... We're deep enough. Garrett's going to feel like he still has fold equity, and he's going to be like, well, wouldn't he just continue instead of check raising on the turn? And I'm going to snap call with King Queen when Garrett three bet shoves on me. Like, Garrett's a guy you could do that against if you really wanted to. You could, but you could also just do this. Yeah. This feels like the better play. Garrett might end up moving in anyway. It's such a, it feels like such a super easy check call on the turn. And like, we're calling, I think, maybe all rivers. Like, I know there's a few really bad rivers, but like the Ace of Spades is a really bad river. Yeah. That may be the only really awful river. Yeah. We may just have to call everything. Like, if we hit a queen, there's four to a straight, but we've got top two against Garrett. Probably have to call. 
You know, he bet pot on the turn. How's he supposed to have a straight? I mean, he could, but he could not, right? Like, just got a call. Yeah. We have, we have a much better hand right now than Garrett expects us to. Right. So that's good. Yeah. All right. So after the call and the turn, it's 14,900 in the pot. And the river is nothing. There's, Deuce of hearts. No, there's literally no card. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the dealer just puts their hand on the table, and they're like, they just flop it. And then they're like, river. It's river. They flop their hand. The hand flops around a little bit. Yeah, like a fish that's yeah. still alive, but in the in the air and out of out of the yeah. ocean. No, actually, it is Deuce of hearts. You're right. Yeah. Strangely enough, my lie was not received well. No. It's a good try. Thanks. All right. Was so it? so Dan checks. Dan checks again. That feels like the move. Clearly, that's move. How much money does Dan have at this point? Twenty three thousand two seventy five. And there's fifteen k in the pot. Yep. Okay. Fourteen nine. And so Garrett got- decides to do what Garrett decides to do, <laughs> which I think you all know what it, that's going to be. All in. Yes. He all goes, in. He goes all in. He doesn't say that. Oh. Well, he does actually say all in, but not like oh, that. So he does say it. Yeah. So he goes all in. And Dan kind of like quickly looks up at him like, oh, man, did you have to go all in? Could you just bet normal? I was going right. to call so fast. Right. And so now he's got to have a think about it, you know? Okay. Let me start by saying this is pretty cool by Garrett. Where we were saying Dan was going to call so fast. Yeah. It's like Garrett kind of knows that too. He's like, right. well, I could bet 10000 and get snapped or I could make his life hard. Yeah. Those are my two options. Right. Let's, let's choose make his life hard. I can have queen 10 here. I can have the nuts, right? Yeah. I actually have a queen. I block the nuts. I can't give this kid two to one or better. I can't do it. Right. I got to give him a worse price. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. So he's giving him like 1.6 to one. I think if you're going to bluff, I love the over. I love the over bet. Yeah. I think it's the right play. If you're going to bluff. I don't know how we got here that this makes sense that we got here. I would have checked the turn and either called the river or fold the river or whatever, or check back the river and been like, is this good? But since we decided to play it this way, I like the shove. Yeah. Now, Dan is in trouble against a lot of players' ranges here. Yeah. Like big trouble. Huge trouble. But this He's is losing to almost everybody. This is Garrett Adelstein. So he has to at least consider calling. Here's the question. This is the thing you were saying before. What hands does he have that he play like this that, that are we're bluffs? beating? Yeah. Like, how can he have a bluff here? I guess he could have had ace, ten of spades. We can beat ace, ace ten of spades. Okay, there's one combination we just came up with. Cool. Yeah. Can we come up with anything else? It's really hard. Maybe ace eight of spades. Maybe he calls the flop once with ace eight of spades. Like ace yeah. high in the back door. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, ace ten of spades isn't that different. It's just ab- above the nine with the ten. Right. Right. Yeah, okay, that's true. So maybe any ace x of spades? Potentially. Maybe. Maybe any ace x of spades. Yeah, so we can beat those hands. Okay, well, that's that's already pretty good yeah. then. Because there is value that's beating us. Queen 10's beating us. Jack 9's beating us. Uh, what else is beating us that makes sense? Set of 4's. Set of 4's is beating us. Um, King Jack. Yes. King 9. Yes. May, can Garrett ever have deuce deuce? I guess he can. I mean, as it yeah. turns out, I don't know that it's Dan Zach we could ever really think that. No, it's probably not really a big consideration. Right. But it turns out he probably can have yeah. deuce deuce. Um, okay. So there's a lot of things that are beating us. There really are. That was a lot. Yeah. I we, mean, we named the, some spades, but I don't know if we named enough spades. So from a traditional, like, Grant and Jonathan perspective, when right. we're th- when we're, if you were playing against us, you'd, you're not getting a very good price. Like, river prices mm-hmm. are usually a lot better than this one. Yeah. And uh, combinatorially, based on that price, we should fold based on the reasonable bluffs versus the reasonable value. And by the way, the reasonable bluffs are stretches. We're stretching when we're saying all of the ace high spades. Right. Yeah. We need to come up with other 
backdoor spades that he could have called with on the flop? Um, I guess he could have eight, ten of spades. The board was king, king. nine, four. Jeez. Okay, yeah, he can have eight, ten of spades. So, so he can have some other backdoor stuff. Eight, ten of spades is the jack is an incredible card on yeah. the turn. Or seven, ten of spades, similar thing. Right. Yeah. Boy, there's just not much, though. Seven, eight of spades is the same thing. No, yeah. no, no, there's an eight on the board, right? No, 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 nine on the board. So seven, eight of spades. Yeah. Not as good, but no. but it's okay. Yeah. Maybe he can have this, but even that's only like three more combos. It's not that much. So we need to be able to go further than this. Well, we this need to come is... up with other bluffs. No, we don't. We just have to think, okay, we can add like a random amount of bluffs because it's Garrett Adelstein. Well, this is what I mean. Yeah. We're saying the same thing. Yeah, okay. Like, but to be able to call, we have to say there's more here than what we just came up with, right? And we could say, well, it's Garrett, so there's probably more here. There was more here. Well, I don't know what. I have no idea what, but there's more here. Maybe he has five high. I don't know. Right. Here's my question about Garrett. Go. Do you think he called on the flop because he had a nine and then decided he had to turn it into a bluff? Or do you think he shows up with five high just as frequently, like four or five of nothing, just because he's like, I just want to do this bluff? I can't believe he shows up with five high very often because Dan Zach doesn't insta-call him. If yeah. he shows up with five high a lot, Dan Zach would have called right away. Yeah. Dan Zach instead goes into the big time tank. I mean, maybe there's a lot more thought behind what Garrett's doing than we're giving him credit. Maybe he's like, this is the part, this is the part of my range that I turn into a bluff because it's just not good enough. It's not showdownable. I mean, Garrett's thinking it's king nine four. Yeah. Nine is a good, I mean, he's got a good hand for his, for his range though. Like if he had a four, it makes more sense to turn into a bluff than a nine, right? There's so many other things you could be losing to. Yeah, I guess he just thinks... And more equity to deny. He thinks the jack hits Dan a lot in some way or another, and he's trying to get him off of Maybe the jack. Maybe he knows when Dan checks, he's in trouble. Like, yeah. Dan's got a showdownable hand, and now, it, like, the only way to win... It. But then, maybe the maybe the move is just not putting any more chips in the pot in that spot. Like, we've barely put in any money. Yeah. We could just say, okay, Dan's checking. He's checking to induce, so I'm not going to fall into that trap. I mean, I, I couldn't... I couldn't play the way Garrett plays. I would be like freaking out all the time. <laughs> you just have to have a lot of money. Then it's easier. I guess that would help. Yeah. 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 That would help a lot. Right. Like, yeah, I've definitely played at lower stakes things the way Garrett plays. Oh, it's sure. Easy. Sure. So that's maybe. Yeah. So there you go. You just have enough money. It's fine. Yeah. You know, like back in the day when I would play like 2040 and 36 or whatever for a living, um, this is limit hold them. Uh, sometimes still waiting for the game, you'd be sat at like the three, six table or the four, eight table. So it's, you know, legitimately 10 times lower stakes. And, you know, you're like, eh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to raise here. I'm going to three bet it's with this It's a little hand. different in limit. It's like a lot different, actually. The point is, though, you're, put, you're doing things that are against your nature, right? Right. And you're doing it um, because the stakes are lower. That wasn't my point when I said I couldn't play like Garrett. But I said, when I said if you had a lot more money, you, yeah. you could play that way and you agreed, right? So how, how what, what is your... My point is the amount of my chip stack that I'm putting in all the time yeah. is so huge because there's no limit. I like, think that's fun, though. That's, like, cool and fun. Just put pressure on them. Is that what you're going to do? That, that's the lovely I've way? I've been doing it more, actually. I've been doing it more the last uh, month and a half, like, putting a lot more pressure on people. It's worked out pretty well. It's a good, good strategy. Yeah. You make some weird plays, let me tell you. Some really weird plays, you're like, this story makes no sense. I really hope they find a fold anyway. <laughs> and they tank it because they know the story makes no sense and they tank it, but it's so much, they just fold. It's great. <laughs> and that's the Garrett Adelstein way. Yeah. So I, I, I get it a little bit. Dan might not be a good customer for the Garrett Adelstein no. way because he is clearly willing to put a lot of money in the pot if he thinks he's right to. 
I mean, here's the thing too. Like, so I feel like Garrett Edelstein is an alpha dog and at a, a poker table, right? Yeah. And he wants to be the table captain at probably every table he's at, and he's probably willing to fight for it. Yep. Which is often going to work out very well. But then you're up against guys like Dan Zach who are built to beat that kind of a game, right? Yep. It's like, okay, I'll just let you try and push me around and I will, you know, win. It's like, no problem. I know, I know how to do that. It's not too tough, right? Yeah. So Dan Zach's like the wrong guy, I think, to try and push around. As a general rule, this may work here, but as a general rule, this is like really... Like, why not, why not boss everybody else at the table and let Dan Zach have a little something? Like, that seems like a more profitable way to go. But maybe from Garrett's point of view, if you can humble and knock Dan Zach out, like, he just stops messing with you. Maybe. I remember, um, we have actually Wonka, who uh, is, plays in our uh, Poker Time 510 game. He was telling me about how sometimes new players come to uh, Portland, which is where we are. And to play in like a five ten game, who are good, and he says he often tries to do something to like hurt them so bad they never come back because they're good. Because he, they're good, right? He doesn't want them to ruin the game. Yeah. So he like will be much. He'll like he'll take slightly bigger chances, slightly bigger swings, and stuff like that to really like break them, which is really interesting. Actually, yeah, it is. And he's like, no, no, I don't want you in the game. Get the get the hell out. Find a different game to play yeah. in, basically. You know, and he does it just with his chips. But I, I just thought that was fascinating when he said that. And so maybe Gary Edelstein's trying to do a little bit of that. Maybe I'm, I mean I don't think Dan is going to stop coming on live with the bike. They give them so many fish to play against. No, I like, know I agree. But maybe you know they. But just like not going to take on Garrett so much yeah. is like good for Garrett, right? Like yeah, you would want Dan Zach to not want to play pots with you. Yes, I agree. All right, so there is a little table talk that goes on because, mm. you know, Dan has to think about this one because it's such a big bet. Yes. And he's clearly not beating anything that makes sense. Yes. So, but it's Garrett, you know? Garrett does things that don't make any sense all the time. Correct. So, and Dan Zach's uh, like, I played, it, I played it for this spot, and yeah. now I'm in the spot, and I don't know if I like it anymore. It's weird. So Garrett opens his mouth, which I don't know if it matters or not. It probably doesn't matter, but... but we both think it's a mistake what he says. Yes. He, he says, ace, king, and Dan says, not that good. And he says, oh, king, queen, king, ten. And Jonathan, tell him what, what that means when Garrett, usually, traditionally. I mean, okay. Well, the first thing I think I said was, in the history of poker that I've played anyway, the amount of times when someone's done that and had a hand better than the hand they called out is like 10, not even 10%. Right. It's like so unlikely. Because what he's really doing, it sounds like he's strengthening his range, right? Yeah. He's saying, oh, the best hand I think you can even have here is one pair. And like, I'm not afraid to call it out and say it. Yeah. It's like, as opposed to like, is he trying to hero me with like, you know, I don't know. Like, if, if Garrett could ever have, he can't. But a king-queen here himself, I guess he could, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Garrett. He probably um, could. You know, then he would be maybe saying something different, right? He'd be, you know, it just, it's just, he's strengthening his range here. That's yeah. what he's doing. And usually when people strengthen their range, they'd want you to fold. And so he's making it sound like he's got a hand that is not afraid of even calling out ace-king. Right, because he does it in, with, like, the smile. Like, oh, I ace-king? And oh. to be clear... Garrett, let's be really clear. Garrett is also picking the hands that are absolutely at the top of Dan Zach's range. Yes, he is. Like, it isn't like he, if he said ace nine, that would feel really different. Yeah. But he's saying, I know you would snap call me with two pair. Right. So it's not that. Yeah. So, like, so that also makes it feel like Garrett's claiming strength here. Yep. Now, maybe Garrett does this when he's got it, too. But most people don't. Yeah, most people don't. And obviously, he doesn't have it here. Right. But, if he, but he could just be balanced. It's possible. And I don't know if that was a factor or not, but Dan calls. Yes. Dan takes a little while, though. To he, call. Takes, he doesn't call like right away or anything. Yeah. Like that. 
I'm not sure if the table talk was a factor. I think it was just that it's Garrett, and yeah. I'm just going to call because it's Garrett. I probably wouldn't call against most of the table, but it's Garrett. I mean, Garrett may have enough money just watching the way he throws money around. It's almost like Bill Perkins, who might be bluffing and might not, and might just say these things because yeah. it's like funny to say it, and who cares anyway? He doesn't really care if you call. I mean, well, Garrett obviously cares. Garrett but. cares, actually, and, yes. and I wanted to point this out because it's evidence that Dan is the wrong guy to do this against because Garrett gets up from his chair and is like kind of upset, but he says something that's like, you know cool and endearing, Yeah. Um, but he's like complaining about it at the same time, but he says, God, you made a great call again. God, you got to keep making those great calls on me. Stop it. He even says like, how are you so good that you keep making those yeah. great calls or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. Which is he's he's telling himself the evidence that you right. should not be trying this against Dan. Right. Like this is the wrong guy. I mean, it's the it's the coolest way to sort of be a little verbally upset about yeah. getting picked off, right? Yeah, but right. he's not saying like most of the time. And I've been on the other end of the situation where I make a call that's that's correct. Plenty of times in in my life where the player tells me it's a bad call, even though it was correct. You know, I know, that's you know where they're so like, absurd. God, how can you call there? It's such a bad call. It's like, well, look, I, I won. There was. Yeah. <laughs> One of my first years at the World Series of Poker, it's like 2007, 2008, something like that. I was railing my friend who was at a final table of a World Series event. And uh, I was, so I had two other friends. Oh, two, another friend was there. And this kid came up who I guess knew him. And they're like all tournament players. And this kid was talking about how he like five bet all in or something like that in, on the river. Or I don't know, some, some crazy thing like that. And he, was, and he got called. And he was calling on and on and on about he, he has to have it. He always has it. But he didn't have it. He was bluffing. He always but, has but it. But he's like, I, I always have it. I literally always have it there. I always have it. Like, I have to have it. I always have it. But he got he was bluffing and he got picked off and was out and was complaining about it. And it yeah. just seems so absurd to me right. that it's really cool. say that. It's really cool that Garrett is not doing that. He's, right. He's complaining that the guy is too good. Right. He's like, why are you so good? Stop it. Right. Stop being good and taking my money. Right. You know? So Garrett should, I think, now take the same line with a lot of strong value hands against Dan Zach, or just stop. Yeah. He could just stop. Like, play against everybody else. Play against Dan Zach when the cards demand it, but just play your play normal ranges against Dan Zach and don't lose your mind. Yeah. He's going to play well. He makes good decisions. You know, we you picked him as one of the guys you thought to do maybe the best in the World Series if he's no, playing No, you picked events. him, I thought. I thought it was you, actually. Maybe I did. I think you picked him, and I immediately endorsed and said okay. I was thinking about picking him. Maybe that's it. Because he's like our hero. <laughs> he's pretty good. Right? He's so good. He's. I think he's the best player we've seen on Live at the Bike, right? From the from the small sample size. On Live at the Bike, yeah. Yeah, small sample size, for Ryan sure. Ryan Fee's pretty good. Ryan Fee's good, but we've only seen him play like yeah. one hand, maybe two, right? I mean, right. I don't know. I, I feel like Dan Zach is doing more interesting things. That's probably... Oh, Ryan Fee had interesting sizing in that hand against Garrett Adelstein. He sure did. He sure did. That was a really nice job he yeah. did there, actually maximum payout right and that i don't know i don't know much about the player himself i don't even remember his name but the guy who made the huge bluff in the bomb pot against matt berkey i really loved his mm, line i loved yeah. his line and his hand that he chose to i remember to that as a bluff there it was a great play it didn't yeah. work but it was a good play yeah yeah so anyway so there's there's some good players here, yeah. obviously as you would expect yeah mistakes yeah anyway dan wins again dan wins again give him the money money for dan Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.